imagine that going alcohol-free just got easier, fun-filled with tactics, tools, and science-based facts? Well, it has, and it's here with us on Sober Chicks Life. Welcome. Hello, Coach Zoe. How are you? Very well. I'm going to say a good morning to you, and you're going to say... Good afternoon, Coach Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I have a great question that someone sent in, and this really speaks to me, and I hear it all the time with my clients, and I'm sure you do too. So here's the scenario. I stop drinking and do well for a few days, and then I self-sabotage. And you know that can show up in the, I decided that I'm doing great, and I could just have a drink and be fine or for whatever reason I just self-sabotage what does self what are some symptoms of that that you see people doing so first of all I was just I was I I find such an interesting subject and um there are three types of sabotage so I just went and looked at the kind of like the ins and outs of it so there's destructive sabotage so it's an action involved in um in in a kind of destructing so stopping something from happening or there's inaction sabotage which is a deliberate not doing something and stopping it from working and then there's a wastage which is deliberate act leading to wastage of something okay that doesn't really apply but it's really interesting that there are three types of sabotage for a start so it's a well-recognized thing that we do oh yeah yeah oh yeah and so um I really love this question because when I, I looked into it and we chose, we, got, we get so many questions and occasionally there's one that really stands out for us. And we're like, oh yeah, hang on a minute. This sabotage one is good because the underlying kind of the common denominator um, under all the reasons that you sabotage is fear. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So we've got fear of failure. So, so, so setting off on something and then the taste of not being able to stick to it. So you end up not doing it at all. Yeah, so you just save yourself from an uncomfortable um, set of series of emotions. The fear of success. Because what happens if you succeed, you taste success and you're like, I'm so good, I feel so good, I'm on fire. And then you, quote unquote, fail. Your brain knows that that's happened before. So it knows that if it lets you succeed, There's an option. There's a possibility that you might fail. And when you fail, it hurts so much, takes you to such a dark place that it says, let's not do it in any way. That makes so much sense. Mm. But you wouldn't think about it, would you? Because you think, why would I be afraid of success? I want success. Like, I know. But what happens is like being given something and then having it taken away and remembering how that felt. Oh, and we can all remember sometime in our childhood having something, whatever that could have been, right? It could have been someone, your parents' attention. It could have been an object and then it being taken away, losing it. That feels like shit. I'm going there right now. <laughs> that just, and that is such a fascinating thought I've, I've never heard fear of success described quite that way and i it's really resonating with me and it's a, 
we get in this irrational place of, then I'm not going to do it at all. If it's going to get taken away from me later, then I'm not going to do it at all. And this showed up for me with someone recently in that they were talking about stopping their meds, the meds that were making them feel better because there could be a supply chain problem later on down the line and then they wouldn't have them anymore. Yeah. And I just didn't quite know what to do with that. (laughs) Because I thought, it's a kind of a mind teaser, isn't it? Yeah, but you feel better now. Why are we worried about if you're not feeling better later? I'm coming from a place of scarcity, right? So coming from a place of desperate holding on to, and it goes for relationships as well. Where I don't know about you, but I remember when I was younger, I sabotaged relationships when they were going well because I just thought they're going to leave anyway. And when they leave, it's going to hurt so much. I'm just going to do it myself now. Oh, yeah. You always wanted to be the first one out the door. Yeah, always. And you never wrong with me and you judge yourself. And maybe when you were younger, everyone was like, well, you always leave your boy. No, actually, it's just your brain is looking after you. Keeping you safe. Yeah, I would see the writing on the wall or perceive writing on the wall. I, I probably was making it up half the time and and just be out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in I was in highly protected. I was in self-preservation mode the minute I fell in love with someone. Oh yeah. I, I know on if anyone's a Seinfeld fan out there, the reasons that it was a, a running joke through the entire series of why they broke up with people. And it would, you know, it'd be because they didn't put an exclamation point at the end of a note that, you know. <laughs> But I didn't realize until just now that that was fear of success. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it hurts so much. And it's not because you're imagining it. You know how it hurts. Right. That's why you're avoiding it because you know, otherwise you wouldn't. Right. You start, you only don't go back to a flame because it's hurt you the first time around. Unless you're, unless you're, unless you're. A masochist, masochist. How do you say? How do you say it? Masochist. 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 <laughs> I don't know how y'all say it over there, where it's the afternoon already, but here in the morning time, we say masochist. <laughs> so then there's the other fear. So the fear of letting other people's down, other people down, um, letting down, letting down as to the expectations of you. So people often they they start something and they don't tell the people around them. Yeah, and in preparation for sabotaging, they don't want to feel that they've let somebody down. Right, and is that, where does that come in with the embarrassment of letting someone down? Like I remember when, cause I had stopped drinking, well, I've said the number before, 1,851 times that stuck on the 52nd. Um, I remember when I had gone on the naltrexone and I joined a program and it really did feel different. Like I but I still didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell him 1,851 times. I probably only told them like 10 times, but I didn't tell him for like three days. And I and that was a theme with everyone in our group. We hadn't told Maybe. our spouses or our significant others. And I just, I wanted to feel like 
there was some chance of it working before I put him through that again. But it really wasn't putting him through it so much as putting me through it. It was bad enough when I failed, but when I had to own the failure publicly. And that's all based on, um, it's like future surfing. It's all, it's based on bringing up um, emotions um, from from past situations. So that really goes back to, to helping us understand our brain thinking thoughts, but then also looking for meaning the whole time looking for meaning in your library of experiences. So it's already felt let down or it's done something before and said it's doing it and then didn't stick to it. And then it's been, it's seen or someone's told them that they're a loser or that, and they felt shame. Or, so there's a whole circle going on, which we have utter, I mean, we're completely unconscious that's happening. Right. And so we pull the plug. Yeah. Yeah, and if we don't pull it, we leave the doors open to be able to pull it if we want to, which is kind of the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I get that with some clients more than others, but some, you know, right off, they are leaving an escape hatch. Absolutely, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So it goes way deeper than we thought. And then there's um, uh, there's also self, uh, low self-esteem. That also goes in the bucket of of reasons to sabotage when we just we just don't we genuinely don't have that self-belief or self-trust that we can do it. We're just you know so low that we've mm-hmm. lost our love with that for ourselves over time and time of trying something again and again and again. And just it's not even fear of feel, failure anymore. It's just I just can't. Oh, well, let's hug that person. I, I think that's probably me. Even if you, you know, so someone who failed 1,851 times, you yeah. know. Please stop exaggerating 100 million times, you know. Oh, my God, that's a good joke. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, it's uh, frustrating. Yeah. I don't know where frustrating gets in there, but, like, you're just like, what? I feel like I've tried everything. I'm intelligent. I... That's low self-esteem, right? Because you're in the victim mode when you're speaking like that. And that's low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. Why, you know, why me? Why can't I? Why, you know, I'm certain self-beliefs, you know, rotten beliefs. You know, your your whole world and your life, your decisions, your choices are being made subconsciously on these rotten beliefs about yourself that you're not aware that are there, but they're the ones that your, your narrative of your life is being run on. Oh, and I love that description, rotten belief. Mm. That is, that paints a powerful picture. Like I'm thinking like when I'm snowshoeing and mm. you, you fall through the rotten snow and it really hurts. Yeah. That, that's what we call that, that, you know, rotten snow. Um, But rotten, that's really powerful. Yeah. And when, and when, and the, the, what's amazing is that it takes us so long to um, realize that the discomfort and all the suffering that we're feeling is based on this this the fact that we haven't we haven't found we haven't found in ourselves the curiosity in ourselves yet, or we haven't reached enough discomfort to want to say, "Hang on a minute, there's something wrong here." And then when you do and you dive in, and you realize that that this is the case, that you have these beliefs, where have they come from? 
And then you realize that all your life, you've had that belief. You can pull that belief and all your choices, all your jobs, all your relationships, everything along with that belief in running through it like a thread. And you oh, can see yeah. how yeah. it works. You can absolutely see that. And so in my own experience, when I was trying to stop drinking, that was that was the missing piece. And I just didn't know it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the expectation here is you know, we're self-sabotaging. That's a clue to me that there's information that I need that I don't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're turning it around from being something that you're kind of like resisting with your judgment to something which is, oh, hang on a minute. What can I learn from this? Right. And if you can't figure it out, that's when you go and get help, which is easy enough to say, but a lot of help out there is like, well, an AA program, which isn't going to mm -hmm. help no. you with those rotten beliefs at all. No, it's not good. So, it's not the same in that kind of line of thought, is it? Right. In our in our world, it's tricky. In, in the one that, that where you're empowering yourself, you see. Right. It's a very different right. way to accessing a behavior change as well. So, right. Whatever that's, works. That's the uh, what I call the willpower model. Yes. And we know yes. willpower will fail. Yes. But we don't know. I mean, we, at the time, we don't know that. We believe in willpower. But if you don't, if you're on willpower and you are in regular weekly, daily meetings and you have someone there and every single day you've got that sort of, you're in that held. Yeah, it might be not, it might not be a, a place that I want to be held, but some people are very happy being held there. Then that willpower, you don't even realize it's on willpower because it's, it's relying on attachment. Yeah, it's belonging to a group. It's created, it's giving you some sort of, sense of safety but it's not giving you power you're not growing with that it's not and what just what just occurred to me is it if that really puts you back in a victim role because those people do have power over you if they're nefarious characters if they're you know and people are human right there's some good ones and bad ones and if you happen to be bumping into a bad one they can hold that over you Mm -hmm. right because if without them this is how we get stuck in bad relationships we get have given our power over and now we need that person to do things for us yeah yeah and now we're stuck Whereas, without, them, without them without the the structure you 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 crumble right right mm -hmm. you're you're almost held ransom yeah yeah or, or um Hostage, yeah. Yeah, by your lack of wholeness, your lack of standalone strength. Right, you know, right. Where lack of, you know, you don't need to rely on anything on the outside to feel strong on the inside. Right, right. Not, not leaning into anything, you know. Okay, the, it's lovely things on the outside, but they're not making me, they're not They're not making me who I am. I, I am already me. I've got everything I need in me. The rest is just cherry and icing on the cake. So being in a program where or in a coaching relationship, therapy relationship, where that person is empowering you, they're setting you free. Yeah. Oh, completely. They are seeing in you what you can't see in yourself yet. And they will keep seeing it. They will keep mirroring what you can't see until you are able to see it. No one can do it for you, but they can see what you can't see. I know you can do this. I know you've got everything you have, you need in you. It's gonna be okay. 
You take all the time you need. I love the way you phrased that. I think that is like a powerful mic drop moment. There's seeing in you what you can't see in yourself yet. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is to become reliant on your coach, right? You don't want a coach wanting you to be reliant on them because then all you're doing is feeding, feeding your coach's ego. Your coach is there to say, look, I'm just, just right behind you here until you can, until you say I'm good to go. Right. Because we, you have to believe in them until, until that person can believe in themselves. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is powerful stuff. Yeah. And then the other one, the last one is um, to feel in control. So this is a funny one, isn't it? Because it gives you um, to, to sabotage something you're doing to feel in control, gives you a short term boost to your confidence. <laughs> yeah. It gives you a temporary thrill. So people start things to then end them because they want to. And that makes them makes them get off. As in not get off, as in disgusting get off. I'm talking about that makes them go, oh yeah, I feel good. That feels good. Yeah. Good. I'm in control. Oh, I turned, I turned this off. That kind of yeah. goes back to breaking up with them before they break up with you. I turned this off before you could. Yeah. So I have I've got the power. I'm walking away with the power, which is absolute bollocks, but do you know what I mean? Right. That's amazing. So can you one word? Sabotage. Sabotage. Oh, sabotage. Right. Yeah. So there was the destructive, the inaction. So the three types of sabotage were destruction, inaction, wastage. And then the ones that we've looked at, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of letting others down, others' expectations of you down, to feeling control, low self-esteem. I'm writing the, I'm taking notes. Yeah, there's, they, they kind of stood out and they, they're what comes up, came up in my mind when it comes to um, just with the amount of people, like you say, who come to us, who, who really struggle with that because there's a tendency to, there's a huge tendency to judge ourselves on it just because we don't understand it. And all our brain is doing is keeping us safe. So when we can turn that around and say, but thank you, brain, thank you so much for looking after me but it's okay, I've got it. I've got it from here. And until you can say that, you're going to be dancing with sabotage. Mm, dancing with sabotage. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, this has been amazing. I've learned a lot. I don't know why I sound surprised every time I say that. You should be insulted. Every time I say, oh, Zoe, you really are a good coach. I learned a lot. <laughs> No, it's great. It's just a great subject. And if, if if anything comes up for you guys and you've got you want to dig in further or something, you have a situation, you know, just pop it in a, an email to us and we can we can actually do some coaching, coaching through it between us two with your with what you with what you share with us. Absolutely. Um, that is email to chicks at soberchicklife.com. Chicks as in tweet tweet. Yeah. Not in as in woman power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it was so lovely to spend that time with you. See you soon. Bye. Do you know someone who needs to hear this? Share this episode with them.